Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Such an honour to be standing here on this platform on this day. And I know what my job is, so I will be brief, but I will give you the best I got. Is that okay? I want everybody to say grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. That's my message today. Grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. Father, as we come around Your Word today, I pray You speak to us. I pray, Lord, that You would open the ears, the hearts, the minds of each and every one of us. And Lord, this is a moment to be celebrated. This is a moment to look back and give You glory and thank You for Your goodness. But Lord, this is also a visionary moment. Lord, this is a new day. It's a new season. And we thank You, Lord, for Luke and Missy. And we pray, God, for Your power to be mightily upon them. Thank You, Lord, for this transference. Thank You, Lord, for this transition. Thank You, Lord, for this new season. And we declare under Him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. Father, we thank You. We give You all the praise. We give You all the glory. And we declare the future is brighter than ever in the name of Jesus and a faith-filled church said together. Amen. Amen. Just turn to the person next to you, say, you smell good. Man, you smell good. Say it one more time. Grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. This is a day to be celebrated. And uh, I woke up at 2.30 this morning had a message already written, sent it to the team, felt good about the message, ready to preach it. And I woke up this morning, 2.30, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I got a different message than the one you thought. I love it when the Holy Spirit does that, don't you? And so come with me to Numbers 13, and I'm gonna read to you from verse 26 to verse 33. And this is the story about the 12 spies going into the promised land. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community of Kadesh in the, in the desert of Paran. And they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. I didn't say milk and honeys. I said honey. And it says, here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak and the Amalekites who lived in Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Termites and the Parasites and the Amorites who live in the hill country and the Canaanites, Canaanites who live near the sea along the Jordan. And then Caleb silenced the people. And he said before, and before Moses, and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who have gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. COVID's too big. The economy's bad. There's all sorts of problems. They are stronger than us. 
and they are spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those who are living in it. And all the people saw that the giants were of great size. We saw Nephilim, who were the descendants of Anak, who'd come down. And we seemed as grasshoppers in our own eyes. And listen what he says. And so we were in their eyes. I want to say to you today with all my heart, I believe it's a prophetic word for you as a church, that God has grapes for you. God has giants and more giants for you to take. Can anybody say amen? And we've got to defeat the grasshopper if we're going to go into the next 30 years and see God do all that He wants to do. Amen? So here's the first thought I want to give you. Number one, God has grapes for you. Look at this verse, number chapter 13, verse 23. When they reached the valley, this is when they're in the promised land. When they reached the valley of Eshcol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. And two men carried a pole between them along with the pomegranates and the figs. I think we got an image of what that would look like. This is the size of the grapes. I don't know about you, but I'm a, do anybody here like grapes? I love grapes. Do we have that? There it is. Look at that. That was the size of the grapes. And I believe God told me to tell you, listen to me, God has grapes for you. God has blessing for you. That we've got to learn to think big, ask big, dream big, keep on going and don't just live in the past. But God has even greater things for you to do in the name of Jesus. God has grapes for you. Big grapes, not little grapes. Blessing in abundance. I don't know what, what grape you need right now. For someone who's single and you're wondering, will you ever get married? God has a grape for you. It's called your partner. For someone here who's just young and aspiring to start a business, God has grapes for you. He will bring the right people, the right relationships, the right connection, the right dream at the right time. God has grapes for you in the name of Jesus. Maybe someone here and you're facing financial challenges. I want to speak the Word of the Lord into your life. God has grapes for you. God will provide. Maybe someone believing God to buy a house. God has grapes for you. I need you to hear it. There are grapes for you. God has grapes for you. There is healing is a grape. And the best miracles haven't happened yet. The best songs haven't been written yet. The best campuses haven't started yet. The best days of God goodness haven't been seen yet. The best songwriters haven't written their best songs yet. God has grapes for you and for your children. And God has blessing for you. Come on, somebody get excited. Come on, somebody say, God has grapes for me. There are more miracles. There are more breakthroughs. I want you today to imagine your future as bright. We are celebrating 30 years. But here's the word of the Lord. God has grapes for you. Whatever that grape is, God has it. Come on, somebody give God some praise. When it's God's will... It's God's bill. 
When it's God's vision, there is God's provision. God is in your future waiting for you to catch up. God has grapes in the land that you will possess. But listen to this. Number one, God has grapes for you. But number two, you gotta catch this, there are giants. Amen? If you're gonna go into the promised land and you're gonna get the grapes, you've got to defeat the giants. Come on, everybody say there are giants. Ministry will always take you into the land of giants. Amen? I don't know what that giant is, but I'll tell you this. Maybe it's a giant price tag. Maybe God's speaking to you about being a blessing to the kingdom of God. And God wants to bless you to be a blessing. And maybe that comes with a giant price tag. Maybe the cost and the sacrifice. This church did not get here by people paying a small cost, but people who took on the giants of the enemy and said, we're gonna believe God to see that God's gonna build His house. And the church is, I believe, an architectural evangelism. I believe even the building can say to the city that the church of Jesus is alive and well and she is beautiful and she is a force to be reckoned with. But there are giants. Maybe that giant is a giant health issue, which your pastor is facing right now. But I want to tell you, if ministry will always take you to giants, amen? To get to the grapes, you've got to take on the giants. Anybody here today saying we are up for the next 30 years to take the grapes that God has for us and to make sure that we keep taking on the giants that'll be in front of us, amen? So listen to this. I want to say this to you today. You need an enemy. You need one. Listen to this. When Satan attacks you, he runs the risk of promoting you. There are giants. To get to the grapes, you've got to take on the giants. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, rather, this is speaking of Jesus, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man. He, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Watch this. The devil attacked him because Jesus had grapes in his future. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross because he knew that if he would lay down his life and be obedient to death, even death on a cross, it would bring redemption of mankind. And in 2022, we'd be sitting here today on the cross. He had a picture of you and I being saved and the church being strong and healthy. Can I tell you, Satan attacked him. But listen what the Bible says. When therefore God exalted him to the highest place and has given him a name that is above every other name. I want to say to you today that God is great to you, but there are giants. And I want to tell you when the enemy attacks you, he runs the risk of promoting you. By Jesus being obedient and taking on the form and the nature of that of a servant as a man was obedient to death on a cross, little did the devil know that that act of obedience and humility was gonna be the thing that would promote Jesus and God gave him a name above every other name and at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Come on, I wanna say to you, when the devil attacks you, he doesn't realize he's running 
the risk of promoting you. When you're under an attack, you need to look at it and go, it's time for promotion. Bring it on. Listen to Psalm 23. He says, even though I walk for the valley in the shadow of death, or for the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love this. Watch. You, God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right there, God prepares a table for you, for me. Not in the absence of your enemy, but in the presence of your enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen to the thought. Listen to it. Here's the thought. Champions learn how to get spiritual nutrition out of every meal served up by the enemy. Out of every spiritual attack. You, Lord, prepare a table before me. Listen. In the presence of of my enemy. When Satan attacks you, he runs the risk of promoting you. But listen to this. Champions get spiritual nutrition out of spiritual attack. When the enemy is attacking you, the Bible says in the presence of your enemy, it is there that champions get spiritual nutrition. Come on, somebody say amen. And I want to encourage you today. Listen to this. That actual fact, what do you understand that you are God has greats for you. There are giants for us to defeat in Jesus' name. But you need to know today that when the devil tries to attack you, it's promotion time. You need to know that you can get spiritual nutrition out of every attack by the enemy. Amen? Anybody? The best meals are on the front line of the battle. It's not back there in the backwoods and just playing it safe. It's being on the front line of the battle. And I want to say, life, you've been on the front line, and I want to encourage you to stay on the front line. I want to encourage you to keep believing God for grapes. I want to encourage you to understand that there are giants to be taken, there are giants to be defeated, and the best is still yet to come in Jesus' name. Matter of fact, there's some benefits to being attacked. Here's one of them. You get the eye of the tiger. Anybody ever seen that movie, Rocky? I think some of the greatest movies ever made were the Rocky series. I'm a Rocky fan. I love Rocky. Yo, Adrian! Rocky is awesome. And he, I love it when he fights Apollo Creed. And he's, he's in the ring and, and, and he has the first fight and, you know, Apollo whoops him and he whoops Apollo, but Apollo wins. But then he wants to go back and have another shot at Apollo Creed. And, and, he, and his wife doesn't want him to. He's got damaged eyesight. He's unable to really see a punch coming from the left. His wife doesn't think he should go back into the ring. She's worried it would be the end of him. Even his own coach didn't want him to fight. But then finally, he convinced Mickey. Remember Mickey? Yeah. And he convinced Mickey, come on, Mickey, you gotta, you gotta teach me how to, how to fight Apollo and how to win. And he's chasing chickens. Anybody remember this movie? He's chasing chickens. And, and then finally, Adrian, she picks up this big heavy bag of food and she's pregnant. She was in danger of having a miscarriage. And, and, and the last thing she told Rocky, Rocky, I don't want you to do it. I'm worried Apollo's gonna kill you. And Rocky said, I'm gonna do it, Adrian. 
Oh, Adrian, I'm going to do it. But now she's in hospital and she's in a coma. And Mickey's going, Rocky, he's sitting, Rocky, come on, man, you got to train, you got to learn, you got to get speed, Rock, you got to get speed. You got to be grease lightning, you got to be fired. Come on, Rock. Rocky's not going anywhere. He's lost his fight. And he's just sitting by the bed. Oh, Adrian, Adrian, please wake up. And Adrian's in a coma and he lost all his fight. And now days and weeks are going by and the fight is getting closer and closer. And Mickey's sitting in the corner of the hospital room, just waiting for the moment when Rocky would get up and begin to train so he could fight Apollo Creed. And the chickens are there. Well, then he's not chasing us anymore. And, and then finally, He's just sitting there holding Adrian's hand in the bed. And all of a sudden, Adrian's finger moves. And Rocky looks up. Adrian! And she goes, Rocky. Yo, Adrian! And he's lost his fight. He hasn't trained. He doesn't have the, the, the tone, the fitness, the muscle memory. All that's gone. And she says, Rocky. Adrian! She goes, I want you to do one thing for me. Yo, Adrian, anything. Hey, I'm not going to fight Apollo, Adrian. I'm not going to do it. I like. She goes, no, 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 Rocky, give me, give me, give me. One thing I want you to do for me. He goes, anything, anything, Adrian. She goes, bring your ear closer. And he puts his ear down right to her mouth. And she goes, win. And all of a sudden, Rocky gets back in the gym. And he's jumping. He's got the, and all of a sudden, and I want to tell you, when you have actually been hit by your enemy and you come back, I want to tell you, you get the eye of the tiger. And I believe God's speaking to some people here. You've been through a few tough rounds. And I want to say, you need to know one of the benefits of facing the giant is you get the eye of the tiger and you're back bigger and better and braver and smarter and stronger. Come on, somebody say amen. There's a guy in our church, well, yeah, a family in our church, and he's a Navy SEAL. And he kicked in some door in Iraq, and uh, he was, uh, his, his partner, the guy that he was with, was killed, and he was shot 16 times. And uh, he played dead, and uh, they all thought they'd killed him. And so he managed to, as they went about doing what they were doing, these terrorists in this room, he actually crawled over to his um, other military friend, to his body, because his gun was shot and broken, his finger was shot off, and he crawled over and uh, was able to take down the enemy, call in for help. And I went and visited him in hospital, 16 bullets in his body and survived it. And uh, he's part of the spec op team. He's an amazing guy. And I thought this might be the end of him. And I visited, not the end of him, but in the end of his career. And he goes, I can't wait to get back. He goes, I want to face my enemy. And I tell you something, when you have faced your enemy, you've gone a few rounds and you've come back, you are bigger, you are sharper, you are more discerning. Can anybody say amen? And I want to say today, come on life, you've still got giants to take. God has greats for you and there's giants to take. Somebody say amen. Another benefit, I believe, of fighting giants is you become more compassionate. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 2, it's obvious, of course, he didn't, this is speaking of Jesus, he, Jesus, didn't go for all this trouble for angels, 
It was for people like us, children of Abraham. They had gone to enter into, and that he had, that's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. And then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of all the people's sins, watch this, he would have already experienced it all for himself. All the pain, all the testing, and he would be able to help where help was needed. Can I tell you, God has grapes for you. Can I tell you, there are giants for you to take. And when you've been through a few rounds and you've been through, and when you have a church that's gone for 30 years and a ministry that's gone for 40 years, you get the eye of the tiger. And I wanna tell you, it makes you even more compassionate than ever before. Come on, somebody give God some praise. And here's the, come on, give God a hand if you believe it. And here's probably the thing that matters the most when we think about the grapes and we think about defeating the giants. It says that there were grasshoppers. How many that old movie, Grasshopper? How many, let me see, put your hand if you remember Grasshopper. Some of you have no idea. You haven't lived to see real movies as them. It says in verse 33, we saw Nephilim there, the sons and the descendants of Anak, and they were giants. And we seemed as grasshoppers in our own eyes. And so we looked the same before them. I've come today, life, listen to me, in every campus, everybody online, that if you wanna take the grapes and you wanna defeat the giants, you've gotta make sure you kill the grasshopper. You see, a grasshopper, it says, we looked at the giants and we looked at them and we imagine how we must look. It says, we must look like grasshoppers. And we saw ourselves as a grasshopper in our own eyes. And so we were in their eyes. If you wanna change the way people see you, you've gotta change the way you see yourself. You see, people will only see you the way you see yourself. You should not see yourself as small and insignificant. You need to see yourself that God has greats for you. God has giants for you to feed. And you cannot allow yourself to shrink in this day, in this season. Come on, somebody say amen. Can I say this? Humans create their future. You are creating your future. Listen, even when you're not conscious of it, you are still creating your future. They created, these people created their future. Listen, they never tasted the grapes. It was a whole nother generation that tasted the grapes. They were creating self-imposed limitations on their future. Are you hearing this? God sets up opportunities, amen? But we, can I say this to you? God sets opportunities for us, but we create our future. God doesn't think our thoughts, we do. Come on, God doesn't create our habits, we do. God doesn't create our relationships, we do. God did not choose my spouse, I chose my spouse. And your spouse, is a grape in Jesus' Name, amen. I wanna say to you today, they created a future and they never tasted 
their grapes. Why? Because they had the grasshopper mentality. And I've come live to tell you today, come on, you gotta understand unto Him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Thank God for 30 years. Thank God for 40 years of ministry. But the future is as bright as you paint it. And God has giants for you to feed. There is more for you to do. And I wanna say today, you are giant slayers and your future is bright. Can anybody say amen? Come on, give God a thunderous hand if you receive it. Thank you, Lord, for the grapes. Thank you, Lord, for the giants. Come on, somebody get excited. There's giants. You're a giant slayer. I don't know what the giant is. Maybe you're concerned about your children and what's happening in the culture of the world today. Well, that's a giant. But greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Maybe today, when it comes to just what's happening with COVID and you're thinking about what's that gonna look like for me, can I tell you, you create your future. God has grapes for you in Jesus' Name. Maybe you're worried about the economy. I've made a decision. People talk about a recession. I've made a decision. I'm not joining it. I'm connected to Jehovah Jireh and He will supply all my needs according to His riches and His glory. Can anybody say Amen? Father, I'm asking Your blessing on Paul and Marie. I'm asking it upon life. I'm asking it upon Luke and Missy. I thank You, Father. There are grapes for Paul and Marie. There are even greater grapes for Luke and Missy as they take on this now, this wonderful challenge and this team. I thank You, Lord, there's even greater giants to be defeated. I thank You, Father, for this church and every individual and all that is made up to make this church what it is today. And I thank You, Lord, that we will kill the grasshopper. We will not think small, we will not see ourselves as small, but we will see ourselves as the body of Christ who is strong and beautiful. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come on, can we thank God for that great Word? Come on, you got something in your spirit? Grapes, giants and grasshoppers. Is anybody grateful here? But the truth of it is, is that we don't have to go and fight the enemy. Come on, the reality is, is that God gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him receives the reality of the battle that He won. Come on, the battle that He defeated, the reality of sin and separation. He defeated the reality of that weight of condemnation and guilt in our life when we live separated from our Saviour. And the beautiful thing of it is, is that God said, I don't need you to go and fight that battle on the cross. I declared victory once and for all, one and for all. And one of the great significant things of the last 30 years of our church and will be the continual decade after decade after decade of our church is we are all about the reality of every single person, every single life, every single heart, knowing that a God loves you so much that He loves you and He says, I accept you, I come as you are. But the truth of it is, He loves us too much to leave us as we were. And He desires through an open heart to be able to meet us and to start and to form a relationship with us where literally the Bible says that when we open our heart and invite Him into our heart and into our life, the Bible says very clearly that He actually gives us a brand new beginning. He actually removes the sin, the guilt and the shame of our life 
He removes the reality of us living separated from God and we get to know Him personally and have relationship. I thank God that He doesn't go and ask me to do what I can't do. No, I thank God that He says, I want you to receive the grace that's already made away. Come on, is anybody here grateful for the grace of Jesus? Grateful for His saving power? Grateful for the eternal security of knowing that heaven is our home? And I would love to pray one more prayer with every person here and everyone joining us online. If you're here and you don't yet know Jesus, or maybe you once did, but you know you're separated from Him, your heart's not right with God, you're disconnected. Could we take a moment to be able to take time to thank God, but also to recognise the reality of our need of Him? All of us were created to do life with Him. No one arrives. We all need to make this choice personally. But the Bible says, For God so loved you that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but I love this, but have everlasting life. All over this place with our eyes closed and our hearts open and those joining us at home, if you're here and you just know I'm not in relationship with God, I don't know Jesus. I do know the reality of feeling the guilt and weight of my past, my current life. I have the sense in my heart, I know clearly that I I wouldn't know God. I don't know Him personally. Well, the good news of the Gospel is, is you can, and it's one decision away, one open heart moment away that you can go, God, for yourself. You can receive what the Bible calls as salvation. You can receive the reality of His love and His grace, and you can begin a relationship with Him through one decision. And we enable that moment by praying, praying together, inviting God personally, inviting God. And I'm gonna lead every person in a prayer. Again, if you're at home, this is for you. This is your moment. I love that God doesn't leave us somewhat sitting in a vacuum void right now. He actually comes close and He knocks on our heart. And it's now up for us to respond to that knocking, to open our heart to God and say, yeah, I'm just making a decision to choose you. And as we pray this prayer, literally, we get to start afresh in Him. And we know the peace and the forgiveness and the hope that only He can bring. It's the most amazing gift. If you know you need to receive the gift of salvation today, would you pray with me? Every single person in this room, every person at home, I want you to pray this with all of your heart. Pray it out of your heart. God sees you. He's responding to your heart's cry right now. So let's all say this together. Say, Dear Jesus, today I make a decision to open my heart to You and to receive You as my Lord and as my Saviour. I acknowledge I need You and I'm turning towards You. I decide that I wanna live with You and I put my faith in You. I believe that Jesus died and rose again triumphant so that I might have the greatest relationship and live with You from this day forward. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Come on, everyone, can we celebrate the prayer that people are praying, most importantly, the decision that people are making. It's phenomenal. And to every person who prayed that prayer out of your heart, I love it. The Bible says, I see you and today is a new beginning. Don't just think, oh, no, you know, because the peace of heaven rests in our heart. And for us, we love to journey with people. And every week, every service, people are making that decision and not out of force, but out of response to what God does. And now it's about taking another step, growing with Him. And every person, as they make that step, they say the reality for us is we wanna do life together at your pace. But I am gonna encourage you, invite you, the way to do that is to grab this card, fill it out on the back, indicate the decision you made in the green box. And then please go and grab this Bible from the information desk. 
for every person that made that decision at home, then you can also receive this Bible. We're gonna post it to you, but just scan the QR code here or otherwise go to our online website and you can see there, I made a decision for Jesus. And in that, let's journey together. Let's be a part of Alpha. Let's grow and let's keep moving forward in the things of God. Come on, one more time. Can we celebrate that amazing moment for people, that great decision people have made? We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.